This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. For the first time in 124 games, the Raiders are shut out. They come to New Orleans with a great offense, and instead, it's the Saints defense that holds them to 181 yards. I apologize to Raider Nation for that performance, and uh, again, I own that. Uh, that's, that's my responsibility, so... We have to do much better, obviously, uh, in, in every phase of the game. That right there is embarrassing. That should never happen, especially with the group of guys in that locker room. You know, it, it sucks that we went through it. It happens. Got to take a look at ourselves, though, and really check, see how we want to go into this next game. Live from the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show live in the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, our Monday night football spot. Definitely come on by, hang out with us, check out what's on the TV, get some great food and drink specials, and pick up some of these prizes that we have at the table. Got a really good text from Rob in Oakland. going to get to that in just a few, plus your calls and texts we'll get back to as well, 702-365-9200. But Rob in Oakland had a really good text. He usually does, so he's got a good one that we'll get to after we talk to our next guest, and that is former VP of the Packers, very sharp NFL mind. He's got a business sports podcast right now, and that is Andrew Brandon. Andrew, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you and the Raiders, man. They got kicked in the teeth yesterday. I mean, they really did. They took one on the chin. Now they're 2-5 and five on the season. Of course, there's a new head coach in town, new regime front office. What is a reasonable time frame of as far as getting to be on the same page with the coach, with the players, everyone just kind of understanding what's going on? Because right now it's not it. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. I haven't followed as closely as everyone there, but the talent is not matching the record, and that's always a problem. Where, And again, I don't know the intricacies of the whole team, but you have a blue, blue is the highest mark, premier players. You have a blue at wide receiver. You have a blue at running back. And you have a blue at the defensive ends. I mean, those are some of the most important positions in football. And you have truly elite players at those positions. That's not matching the record. So when that happens, you try to, you try to search for answers. And it's not matching the production. So you wonder what's going on and take sort of a deep dive assessment into what's going on with the team. And that's what's necessary now. You know, a lot of the fan base is upset because the team won 10 games last year through all the turmoil that they faced. And now here they yeah. are with two wins. So how much of that do you believe they, they should be able to expect, you know, the carryover from what they did last season and have success this season? I mean, I think that's natural to assume that you're going to have continued uh, ascension, continued going north with a team, if it's mostly the same players. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case. So we'll see what happens. I mean, everyone talks about the tough division that they're in. But, you know, the Chargers don't appear to be in the same vein that they have been. Uh, certainly the Broncos are a down team this year. So... They have opportunities there, you know, in the division and elsewhere to still get it right. So if you're in the Raiders front office right now and you know the trade deadline, and we just saw a big trade for Roquan Smith, but you know the trade deadline is, is coming up tomorrow and you're looking and evaluating your roster, did the, did the chance of you acquiring talent, did that just kind of end on Sunday with that loss to the Saints? 
I mean, that's hard to say. I mean, I think you can't stereotype losing teams wanting to sell, winning teams wanting to buy. It just depends on each situation. You know, the Bears are clearly a team that um, has no players they really pay. They're trying to tear it down and start over from scratch. I don't think the Raiders fit that category. So, like I said, there are opportunities this year with the weak division they're in, aside from Kansas City, to make things happen. Um, and every trade has pros and cons. You know, when I was with the Packers, I always said, people are coming to us, trade this, trade that. And I'm like, well, why don't they want them? Right. You know, that's always yeah. the question. Mm-hmm. Same with free agency. Why hasn't that team signed them if they like them so much? Um, so there's always questions to do to see what's going on. And that's what the Raiders have to really get into and see what's the answer. Andrew Brandt is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Andrew, when it comes to trading away players during the deadline that you know they have the expiring contract and you're probably not going to offer them a new contract during the offseason, what's that fine line for getting something for a player that, that maybe they don't have the value, but you're still getting something? Depends, again, what kind of situation you're in. The Philadelphia Eagles acquired Robert Quinn from the Bears. The Bears are in a sell-off mode. They want players that are going to be there for years, not old or veterans. The Eagles are in an all-in mode, and they just need them for these 10 weeks to get them to the Super Bowl. Uh, again, each team's different, but I know that baseball you know, has this kind of rent-a-player for a stretch run their trade deadline is so much later in the season than football. Football never really wanted that. So we'll see. Um, you know, each team has its own strategies for the end of the year. But again, we're only halfway through, which makes for harder sale, seller and buyers than, in, in, for instance, baseball or basketball. You know, Andrew, I always wondered, when did NFL start actually being active at the trade deadline forever? It felt like it was one of those things that it was there, but it really wasn't because there was never any movement. Now it seems like there's a lot more opportunity to see players on the move at the deadline. Well, they moved it back two weeks. Not a lot, but that helped. It used to be mid-October, and now it's late October, or you know, early November. It used to be after week six, now it's after week eight. I mean, the later is the better, like I said, it's going to help teams figure out what they want, what they need. You have teams like the Bears that are in a sell-off because they've decided early on they're building. You know, they don't need the veteran that's not going to be there. So be interesting to um, see what happens now uh, with any other trades. Again, we're talking with Andrew Brandt here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, of course, when a team doesn't get off to the start that anyone expects them to get off to or like in the Raiders instant are sitting there at 2-5 and five right now after seven games in eight weeks, everyone wants to immediately look at the coach and say, okay, well, replace the coach. But, Andrew, I'm in the belief that you can't just cycle through coaches after coach after coach each and every year. You'll never get anywhere. What is reasonable for a coach? Like, what is a reasonable type of – I don't want to say leash. That sounds – I don't know, just wrong, but just what kind of like rope or, you know, how, how, how much, uh, you know, length or latitude should, should a coach have when they're trying to get something built with the team? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there have been a couple one and dones in this recent time. I think that's just the impatience of not so much even fans, but ownership. Mm-hmm. 
where they just want to move on and they have the money to pay an old staff while they're paying a new staff. A lot of teams, I would think the Raiders are not one of those teams that has the resources to be paying two staffs. Um, so the, that'll answer the situation there right now, right then. But I just think you need uh, definitely more than a year. Who knows how long? It feels like it. It really does. And, and I think that the Raiders and other teams across the league have been in the, in the habit of just going through coach year after year for a while, and it just haven't got the results that they want to. So the continuity right. is something that I think they need to have. As far as the quarterback position goes, Derek Carr has been, you know, the guy for the longest. They brought in Devontae Adams, which is his college teammate, and it just seems like it hasn't clicked there. So what what does Derek Carr, what do you think he should do as the quarterback to be able to take that next step and start to really maximize the the the, the talent that is Devontae Adams? I don't know what's going on there. You know, I was, and I guess still am, a believer in Carr. Um, big arm, nice player. Good attitude. Certainly he had some moments last year that caught the national attention. Um, and certainly on the off-field stuff, the leadership role that he's played has really been impressive. But something's not clicking there. And all my Packer roots, I know a lot about Devontae Adams. You know, this is going to be a test. Uh, and Devontae Adams without Aaron Rodgers. Can Aaron Rodgers succeed without Devontae Adams? You know, we'll see where this thing goes, but breaking up Rodgers and Adams has been a tough thing for both sides right now. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the trade deadline and making trades for certain players, in your experience with talking to, with coaches, are there certain positions that maybe they're easier to plug in, plug in place where, hey, if you trade for this guy, it's not going to be as much of a learning curve? Or is that just on an individual player basis when you're making that decision on who to trade for possibly? Yeah, I think that's a good question. You know, we've seen a couple better pass rushers traded. Pass rushing is easy. You know, you just put a new uniform on, tell them to go get the quarterback. <laughs> More intricate or offensive linemen are very tough because of scheme, and it's different blocking schemes, different teams, different nomenclature. Um, but, yeah, I think someone like a corner, someone like a D lineman, even a running back uh, are pretty seamless to move from team to team. Are you surprised by the the teams that just aren't very good right now in the league? And what I mean by very good is just their record. I mean, there's so many teams that are 500 or below right now in the NFL. feels like some teams should have started to separate. And it, it, it looks like it's the Bills, maybe the Eagles, <laughs> and uh, the Cowboys have a really good defense. And, of course, the Chiefs. But everyone else kind of feels like they're still all piled up together. It's a weird season. I was talking to someone like, you can't even find seven playoff teams. You know, now it's yep. seven teams. Mm-hmm. Certainly certainly in the NFC, uh, you get past five and you're like, whoa. Um, you know, it's, it's a stunning year for me. There's three teams in the NFC I just don't get. Uh, the Packers are one, the Bucks, and the Rams. And these are, these are the three dominant teams for the past five years. Right. In the NFC, and they all are having—they all seem broken right now. And when that happens, you've got to look around. Like, what's going on? It can't be as simple as 
everyone's playing, playing two high safeties and they're, you know, no big plays anymore. I don't know. Um, we'll see if the regression comes back to the mean. And in a month, we're talking much different. So we'll see. Again, we're talking with Andrew Branton here on Raider Nation Radio 920 NSA Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. We saw a trade last week for Thursday Night Football. We saw Christian McCaffrey get moved or a week before to uh, San Francisco, and then we saw the performance he put in on Sunday, having three touchdowns, a passing touchdown, a catch, and a rushing touchdown. How big and massive do you think that that trade for the 49ers are to acquire Christian McCaffrey? Well, I've taken a different view on this trade. Even though I'm a Stanford grad, I love McCaffrey. I just think it's a better deal for Carolina. Um, And I know that's not popular after what he did yesterday, but, you know, second, third, fourth picks are are values. Mm -hmm. And everybody talks about first-round pick, but you really build your team in those rounds. And here's the thing about the 49ers. They have an often injured quarterback. They mortgaged the future last year for an often injured new quarterback. And now they've mortgaged the future some more for an often injured running back. Right, that's true. I mean, I've learned in my 30 years around sports that players who've been injured stay injured, especially when they get in their 30s or near their 30s. Um, That's a problem. And I hope McCaffrey stays healthy, but the odds are against it. When it comes to trading within the division, the Denver Broncos, they have a pass rusher that would be available, Bradley Chubb, and the Raiders, they're lacking in pass rush. I don't think that they're (laughs) actually going to go out and make a move for them. But when it comes to trading in the division, is that something that's talked about? Of Hey, we may not be able to keep this guy, but we're sure as hell not trading him to them? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's overblown in the media. You know, you get the the deal you can get. Uh, The best deal coming from your division that stuff's overrated. I mean, maybe the guy has one good game against you in the next few years. I mean, it's like, I don't think that's a big deal. Nice. Nice. Well, there you go. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a possibility, Demond. Andrew, last question for you. As far as yeah. any players that you could be uh, keeping an eye on, again, we just saw Roquan Smith get traded to Baltimore. Uh, anyone you got an eye on that you think may have a new address tomorrow? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, You know, I think there are a couple of receivers in play. Brandon Cooks, because mm. the Texans, you know, are like the Bears. They're dumping big salaries. And then Claypool in Pittsburgh with the emergence of uh, George Pickens. They have a duplicated set of skills. <laughs> so those would be two. There you go. There it is. Well, Andrew, we definitely appreciate you. Business of Sports Podcast, you got that out, of course. Uh, any feature that we should be on the lookout for? Anything that you want to promote, we should look out for? Yeah, the podcast every week uh, on wherever you find podcasts. And then I do a newsletter every week now, which is getting really nice growth. Uh, you go to andrew-brandt.com and sign up for the newsletter. It comes out every Sunday morning. I give you all my insights. Sports, business, life, fitness, everything. So hope people join that, andrew-brandt.com. There you go. We're going to go check it out right now. Andrew, we appreciate your time this afternoon. Great insight as always, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a fun week. Thanks, guys. There he goes. That's Andrew Brandt right there, former VP of the Packers. Uh, Obviously, as you can tell, has a very sharp NFL mind, business mind in general. I really enjoy spending a few minutes 
with Andrew. Coming up at 3.30, Ed Graney from the RJ. He'll join the show to talk about the Raiders and what they need to do the rest of the way, man. They're sitting there 2-5 and five after seven games in eight weeks, so we'll talk to Ed coming up at 3.30. But coming up next, your calls and texts. I want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. with the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino with Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. We're inside the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Taking your calls and texts at 69187, keyword R&R, also 702-365-9200. Monday Night Football is the spot right here to catch it. The Bengals and the Browns will square up, and of course the Astros and the Phillies will be playing a little while later. World Series action. Got a text from the mailman Raiders at Q. The problem for me is Chandler. He shows up here and there, but for the most part, he's been Casper. Happy Halloween. But we need to find an answer opposite of Max. We can't waste his prime years. He constantly doubled and held. Can't fix it all with one player, but it's a huge start. And uh, that's from the Mailman Raider. And really good text, my man. And I agree. Somebody has to step up that's not named Max Crosby. It seems like to me he's given everything he's got, and the tag team partner is just not there. And I don't know how you fix that. I mean, you, you look at who, who the Raiders have. You know, their, their interior defensive linemen are a better job. They do a better job at stopping the run than they do getting after the quarterback. Chandler Jones has been, I'm just going to say it's disappointing, to say the least, as far as I'm concerned. You know, honestly, and I don't know if it's going to be possible, but the trade deadline tomorrow, if they were to find a team that says, hey, we want that guy that can just get after the quarterback, pin his ears back in a rotational manner like Robert Quinn is going to do for Philadelphia and they called Dave Ziegler and asked about Chandler Jones I would I would have no problem if they were to do that because he hasn't I mean he's got a half a sack so far and I get it you know we've heard all the conversation about well they're using him a different way look he's got half a sack that's that's a problem he didn't he wasn't brought in to have half a sack he was brought in to be the bookend of Max Crosby so that that is that's a great great observation mailman Raider somebody and I think we mentioned that a few times so far that somebody needs to step up and, and help out Max Crosby because right now he's out there trying to do it on his own. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to Nat Man right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, Nat Man? What's up, Q, Damon? Hope you brothers are having a great day today under the circumstances, of course. Right. Uh, so, look, a few callers have already made this point, but, you know, at the end of the day, all, these guys are ballers, man. You don't... You don't get into the NFL not being able to play freaking football. So, to me, there's a disconnect here somewhere. So, on the field, you have, you know, the game. But then you have the mental adjustments on the sideline. Who is the person that's walking up and down the sideline and says, we are going to score some points? And I remember calling into your show like a year ago, and – I remember making this point about, okay, so I'm not making any comparisons here, but I remember saying something about Patrick Mahomes when Kansas City Chiefs were down 21, I think it was 21 to nothing, in that Super Bowl against San Francisco. Zero at halftime. And what is Patrick Mahomes doing on the sideline? Keep your head up. We're in this thing. Don't give up. I mean, he's constantly drilling his guys, which I'm sure they probably felt the game was over, you know, down halftime 20 to nothing or whatever the number was. But 
what what do the Chiefs do? And obviously they have, you know, a lot of more skilled players, better team, obviously. But hell, man, you don't walk away from a game with a zero. This is now, this is on the history book. Ten years from now, instead of talking about that last loss that was a zero, you know what loss we're going to be talking about now? The loss yesterday. It, that's insane. So even if you're losing, someone has to say, look, guys, we may be losing the game, but we're going to score some damn points here. And, you know, to me it boils down to leadership. You callers have already made this point. Someone has to say we are going to score some points. Lose, I get it. Teams lose. Teams lose back. But you, someone has to say we're going to score some points. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good call. And yeah, I mean, I was, that's what I was looking for is I was looking for the energy. I was looking for the, someone to get fired up and say, Hey, enough of this. And, you know, provide a little spark or something. Do, and it just seemed like there was no life to the team in general, which that bothered me. And that really got me confused on what in the world is really going on. All right. Let's get one more call in. How about Raider Mac? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? So, DeMond, what's up, Q? Hey, look, I'm not going to overreact, um, you know, because today is overreaction Monday. Everybody's uh-huh. there. Here's the biggest thing, and I told you this on Friday, was that you cannot make Kamar. Kamar came in there with one touchdown. He ended up leaving with three. Uh, Andy Dalton looked like uh, Joe Montana yesterday. But the biggest thing, Q, I'm, I'm looking at is that what Ryan Clark said, and I told you this about – couple months back, Ryan Clark said when he, him and the pivot went to practice, he, the players weren't having fun. He, he said it on his, he said it to you on the podcast. I still got that. And yeah. that, that, there's a, there's a, this between the players and the coaching staff, it seemed like this, cause you heard, um, Derek Carr say yesterday, I threw where my coach, where, where um, coach McDaniel stole, told me to throw. And remember, he did that too, uh, about a month ago. They, instead of just playing, Natural, there, there's a between the players and the coaching staff, it, it seems like that. There's no dog, like you said, there's nobody on there getting fired up. But the thing I, the, the biggest thing I'm going to tell you, and I'll let you go, I know you got a lot of callers, is that, I, okay, we lost this game. Let's see what you do the next game. That's the most important game, is the next game. Let me see if you, most teams that get beat bad, go look it up. Most teams that get beat bad in the NFL come back the next week. So, I want to see what you do this Sunday against Jacksonville. And, and, and I'll leave it at that and uh, have a good day. Hey, good call, Raider Mac. Thank you so much. And, yeah, that's the one thing, man. You can't allow a loss to beat you twice. I actually asked Coach McDaniels about that this morning, about watching the film, crumbling it up, and throwing it away. Because, you, again, you cannot allow one loss to beat you twice. It's just it's one of those things, and it's, it's an old cliche in sports, but it's the absolute truth. And so we'll see how this team reacts. They're in Sarasota, Florida. They're going to stay together for a week preparing for the Jaguars. So maybe that makes a difference, getting away from home and just sticking with the team. We'll see. But, yeah, the, the next game is going to be very interesting to see how they come out. And, again, come out of the gates, how they start the game. Do they start the game positively, or are they playing catch-up throughout the course of the game? Right now, let's bring in our next guest. Our, uh, every Monday we have him, Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. Also, the RJ does a fantastic job. And, Ed, that was one of the uh, questions I wanted to ask you, and we'll start there because Raider Mac just brought it up. 
How does this team react? What, what, how, how important is this upcoming game against Jacksonville about seeing how they, they rebound from what was a abysmal type of uh, performance on Sunday? Well, it's probably going to tell us what kind of season they're going to have, right? Because um, when you have an embarrassing kind of debacle like that, you can go one way or the other. You can wallow in it. And like Josh McDaniel said to your question this morning, uh, if they do too long, shame on them. Or you can, you know, learn from it and move on and, and try to be better. So this is going to be a huge response. It's not. It, this is a bigger response than anything they had this year. It's bigger than losing the biggest franchise lead, 20 nothing. I mean, the way they played yesterday, this is by far the biggest adversity they've been under. This will be their biggest response they've had, you know, uh, this season. Um, and how they respond, like you said, Q, is going to, you know, maybe set the standard for the rest of the year. If you go in there and play like that again, I mean, this thing could get really bad. But if you rebound and get a win, maybe you get a little confidence back and you can say, hey, that was a one-off in terms of New Orleans. That happens, you know, to people once in a while and you can move forward. So this is a huge, huge week for them in terms of what they're going to do the rest of the year. Yeah, and Ed, when you have a performance like that, when you see a performance like that where it's one thing to start off slow, but they never, ever got going, and it just didn't seem like there was any real life to the team. How do you, and I, I don't expect you to solve all the problems, but how, where do you point the finger at? Where do you say, okay, that was what was going on? I mean, I think everyone takes blame. I think Josh McDaniels does. That's his team. We don't know. You and I are you know, out there for 15 minutes watching them stretch. You don't get to really see how they practice. But you know they watch film, you know they practiced, you know they had their individual and team meetings. Um, but if he has a pulse of his team, maybe he should have seen some coming. Uh, and then you go to the professionals and the leaders on your team. Nobody was good yesterday. Right. Uh, and that includes all their leaders. That's on them as well. Um, and I know, you know, and, and, you know New Orleans played well. Um, but I, I, think it's, I think everyone deserves blame after that, kind of, after that kind of loss. I don't think there's anyone who should you know, skirt the blame. Uh, off that so it starts with the head coach it has to start with him it's his team his responsibility but he's also got captains and leaders on that team who didn't perform as well as they should have or could have uh, also so i blame i put the blame on everyone I, I don't can't pick out one specific person and you know i just um wrote something for the paper that's online is like look you know last year they had an identity under basaccia you know they played hard for him they played hard for each other they they had kind of a grit to them you know it was us against the world after Drew gruden had to resign there was none of that yesterday. I mean, right. I, there was none of that. You, 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 there's two totally different identities. I don't know what the identity of this team is after yesterday. So they're going to have to find it. Uh, and like we will go back to your original question, they're going to have to find it quick. And maybe they find it Sunday. Maybe they find it um, uh, from the week of practice being together. You know, maybe there's some, some truth to that bonding, you know, question of when you're together all week. Um, and you can just be with each other and, you know, uh, have a team bonding. Maybe that helps. But they better find something because that wasn't good yesterday. No, it really wasn't. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. Also, the RJ does fantastic work on both here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920 as we're live here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. So, Ed, as far as the trade deadline, it's coming up tomorrow. And last week I did some shows and I was saying, okay, what can the players add or what can the team add? What kind of players can they go out and make a move for? After what we saw yesterday and them dropping the two and, and, and five overall so far throughout the season, did that, in your opinion, take them out of the running to acquire uh, any talent? Or now it's, if they're going to do anything, maybe move on from somebody? Yeah, I mean, I think more after they got to solve their own issues. Uh, you know, if there's someone out there you consider, you see what the value is, you see what you'd have to give up. But after yesterday, they've got more internal stuff going on than, than they need to worry about trade for somebody at this point. I mean, that the team yesterday is not going to make one trade and turn it around because of that one trade. Like I said, you have to listen. 
Right. Um, you have to listen to someone calls because you just never know what kind of deal you can make or, you know, if you, you want to, if you want to jettison someone, what you could get for that person. But I don't know if that should be, you know, Dave Ziegler, I'm sure he was, um, at that game watching. If he's watching that game, there's more issues of, of what went on that field than, you know, what he should do at a deadline. You know I mean? Offensive line wasn't very good at all. Is there alignment out there? Um, you know, Kamara, uh, every one of his catches, excuse me, is there, uh, on linebackers, you know, are there, is there defensive help out there? I just don't think that should be, uh, after a game like that, I don't think that should be the main concern. They, they need to find out what happened yesterday at all levels and fix things. Right. I agree 100%. Again, we're talking with Ed Grady here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. I know that you can't just pick one play and say, hey, maybe if they convert on the third and one where they gave, excuse me, Devontae Adams the jet sweep. But do you see? did you see anything X's and O's wise that maybe you thought that the team should have did more of or maybe something that they should have did less of in that game? Well, I just think he overthought the room. Um, and the Devontae Adams one is, is a perfect example. Um, you know, you have a running back who the last three weeks had gone for like 140, 140, 150. Um, and I, you know, and then you can say the same thing on the fake punt, um, to where, you know, you're just, you're overthinking the room. You're trying too hard at that point. Um, you know, just stay with what got you there the last two or three weeks in terms of who ran the ball and who touched the ball when, um, you know, it, it's hard to decipher. I mean, you know, is there any week where Devontae Adams should have one catch for three yards and Hunter Renfro should have one for six? Um, you've got to scheme it up a little better to get them the ball more to, to somehow involve them now. I say that, and he got sacked three times and hit eight others. Right. So, you know, they, they, they didn't block for him most of the day either, but I don't think he was good either. I don't think anyone was good. Um, so it was kind of a, a breakdown of all phases of that team. I mean, you know, you walk away saying their best players were A.J. Cole and Jarrett Stidham. And nothing right. against A.J. Cole and Jarrett Stidham, but if they're your best players on a given Sunday, you're probably not winning the game. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know what much else you could have done. I think you could have schemed up a little better to get the ball in the hands of people you paid a lot of money to. Um, but there were just so many issues, Demond, starting with what what happened up front and all their issues. And, and like I said, I mean, Kamara, you know, uh, Tyler talked about this in the show this morning on our show. They they did nothing but covering him with linebackers. You know, all, all his uh, all but one of his targets were against a linebacker. And after a while, you got to say, hey, should someone else be covering this guy? Um, so it was on both sides of the ball where they just they they they, they failed. And uh, you know, like they, like we said, they've got a week to figure it out, and they're alone in Florida. So you know, get in. I'm, I'm sure they watched tape today, and they return to practice on Wednesday. And you know, they have a team of the Jaguars who have lost games, but it's on the road and it's there. And you know, the Jaguars will play better at home, I believe. So you know, I mean, after what we saw yesterday, they there's no one they can go in thinking it's, it's a gimme. They need to go in and try to win a game. Yeah, and you mentioned how they defended Alvin Kamara with linebackers but who on this team do you think can defend a versatile running back like that because Travis Etienne is coming up and then Jonathan Taylor after him yeah. so who on this roster if not the well, linebackers then who it have to be you know it have to be corners or safeties a little more athletic guys than maybe they saw yesterday with uh, defending Kamara um, and they'd have to scheme it up better um, like I said I think all of his all of his targets except one maybe we're against the linebacker, so they should have figured something out. But you're right; um, those those kind of backs give people issues. But you got to figure out some way. You have five or six days now to figure out. Hey, you, you can't let it in, and these other people do. Jonathan Taylor do what he did to us. So figure something out and have more have different people cover him or scheme it up differently against them. But it was not good what he did to them yesterday. I mean, he had what 158 scrimmage yards, and Derek Carr threw for 101. Right. I mean, that's you know that's that's not those numbers are never good. No. 
No, they're not. That's a recipe for a disaster every time. Yeah. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And by no means am I saying that, you know, Waller is a problem or they shouldn't have paid Waller, this, that, and the other. But on the flip side, I mean, he's missed quite a bit of games, right? Six games in 2021. He's missed two already in 2022. What level of concern are you at right now with Darren Waller and these lingering issues and, and, and injuries where it looked like he might have a chance to play on Sunday and they just held him out because, well, he wasn't 100%. Yeah. I think you have to have a major concern for him until he proves he can stay healthy. You just you just gave up the number six and two, and uh, you know it's the hamstrings. Hamstrings take a long time sometimes. Um, yeah. I know the last two weeks he worked out before the game and couldn't go, but until he goes, um, you know I know he was back limited last week, which means he'll probably be at least limited this week, if not if not better. But yeah, I mean I think it's a major concern. I, you can't keep missing games and eventually not be concerned about a guy. Um, you know, if it's one here, one there, that's one thing. But you know, now two straight, um, and it's a hamstring. So I'd I'd be concerned about him. I, I'm not look. I'm not going to sit here and say they shouldn't have signed him either. Um, right. I don't know what they feel about that. I don't know if there's a regret on their end. Um, but they just got to get him back. I mean, they just got, you know they're missing him. They're not. You know, yesterday was just not being able to get the ball to the people who matter. Um, but he, you know, he does give you. You know, I thought Foster. You know, Foster made the plays he's supposed to make most of the time, but he's not Darren Waller. And that's no shot against Foster, but, you know, he's not Darren Waller when Darren Waller's at his best. So they need Waller back. Yeah, no, they really do, and they need to make sure that they get back on the right track this week of, as they're there preparing in Sarasota, Florida, Florida for this game against Jacksonville. And Jacksonville, they're not a good team, but, I mean, they, they got some fight to them, and they got yeah. two wins just like the Raiders do. So it, Yeah, exactly. It, exactly. It should, they have a good coach, and yeah. they'll show up, and, and the Raiders need to show up. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Ed, final question for you as far as the Raiders are concerned. Uh, what do you think just needs to happen, the, the final? I mean, they've got 10 games guaranteed. What do you think the Raiders, this Raiders team, needs to do? Find an identity to, you know, who you are, what kind of team you want to be. Um, you know, have your leaders lead. Um, have your captains lead. This is the most, you know, uh, uh, important time of the entire season right now after that, after that loss. And, you know, we'll find out who the professionals are on that team. We'll find out who the real leaders are this week in Florida when you hear reports from Florida about what's happening there and then when we see them play on Sunday. But they need to, they need to identify who they are um, because yesterday was not good. And like I said, you know, we knew who they were last year uh, when they went to the playoffs. You, you knew the identity, the identity of that team. You knew what they were about. If you watched yesterday, you don't know what they're about. Um, you, just, you, you don't have any idea. So at some point, you have to forge what you're about and move forward and – you know, for them, you hope it's this week. Um, you don't know if it's going to be. Um, but now is the time for all those dudes who now have C's on their chest because I guess the league okayed that their C's could be on their jerseys. It's time for those guys to step up. Right. Because it's easy, it's easy to have the C on your jersey in good times. But, you know, and this is when you really need guys like that to step up in bad times after a loss like that. So those captains need to have their best week of practice and they need to have their best week of leadership. Yeah, no, they really do. And, Ed, let me ask you this, because you've been here in Las Vegas long enough. You know, um, with everything that's going on here, with all the sports that are coming to town, we got the G League that we're going to start broadcasting their games starting on Friday. I mean, there's so much that's going on. Are the, are the Raiders, like, I don't want to say dancing with the devil or, or, or walking the fine line, but if this product is not good, I mean, people will make a decision to go somewhere else and go see something else. Are, are they in, in trouble or... Like I said, I guess kind of like I said, walking the fine line of of losing the local fans that are just learning about Raider football. Yeah, it would only be them because of the power. To me, the power of the NFL. Right. Um, you know, you could have the greatest baseball, basketball, 
hockey game on in the world and the worst football game in the world, and it's going to kill it in TV ratings. The NFL is so the NFL is just so powerful that I don't think they'd be completely lost. But you're right; the one faction of fans might be those fans who you know kind of came on board late with them, or the locals who, when they came here, and you know they're figuring out, hey, it's expensive to go to these games. Um, you could lose a few of those, but I just think the power of the NFL is so supreme that you're not going to lose a lot of them. And, you know, they're not going to be happy. I mean, nobody's happy with, you know, if I'm a fan of that team, I'm, I'm not happy with what I saw yesterday. And I know right. I've read Twitter today, so there's not a lot of happy people. But, you know, those people are going to be front and center of their TVs on Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because that, that's their team and the NFL is all powerful. So I think what you just said is right. If there's anyone they would lose, it might be kind of the casual fan that when they came here thought it was cool to have an NFL team and, you know, they maybe didn't have an allegiance to the Raiders before, but because they're local, you know, kind of like the Knights or whoever the local team is, they follow them. And now you see a game like yesterday, you said, well, what's the point of this? But for the most part, I think they're fine in that realm just because, of, you know, it's the NFL. Final question, and I, I, I'm surprised DeMond didn't step up and ask this. UNLV and San Diego State, what are your thoughts? You got some San Diego State ties there. I got the alum hat on. Exactly. Uh, yeah, they had they had Fresno beat the other night, and it was a debacle of a loss. Talk about a debacle with the Raiders. Watch San Diego State lose to Fresno the other night. Um, I'm surprised. I It opened at 9 and went to 6.5, and, and I think it went to 6.5 because everyone's assuming Brumfield's going to play, and I think he is. He's number one on the depth chart. Marcus Arroyo said today he'll be back at practice this week. So they have a great opportunity to go down there and get a win. It won't be easy. San Diego State will defend them well, um, but with, with, with Brumfield back, and the way he can influence a game with his arm and his legs, I think they have a great chance to go in there and win. I was a little surprised at the line, but again, it's a team that has beaten UNLV a lot. Most times they they played, and it is on the road. And you know, Brumfield will have missed some time, so you don't know how he's going to respond. But um, uh, I I think they have a really good opportunity with him to go in there and win. How surprised were you that Ryan that meets us or that's there in the media room with us who's uh, always rocking the San Diego State hat has yeah. uh, turned his San Diego State hat in for an Alabama beanie cap? Yeah, I wasn't happy with that as an alum. You got to stick with the team. You got to support the team. Uh, you know, you got to support yeah. the team. I, I, and I don't know what his ties to Alabama I, don't, I, I didn't get that one. And He's I, got Mark he McMillan to, sitting behind him. <laughs> okay, well, maybe they, maybe that's the only tie then. Um, so he wanted, he wanted uh, Marky Mack uh, to, uh, to uh, say great job. But, no, he's, he went to San Diego State. you got to keep that beanie on. you got to keep that hat on um, and, 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 you know, support your – as an alumni, support your team. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was a little weird. And, and Jarrett Stidham actually said something to him. Nice. Jarrett Stidham, Jarrett Stidham said, hey, man, you come in here every day with a, uh, an Al- uh, San Diego State hat on, now you got Alabama. What's the deal there? And I didn't hear Beast Rider's uh, response. I-, I was kind of standing far away, so I didn't hear the response. But he had one for Stidham, and I don't know if Stidham bought it all because Stidham was laughing about it. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'll tell you that. I'm not buying it. <laughs> and, all right, I want to make a bet with you, okay? Uh-oh. If Doug Brumfield Uh-oh. plays, I am I guaranteeing a UNLV victory. And – Part of this bet is if UNLV beats San Diego State, I want two minutes to strut my stuff on the press box. We got a deal? Well, that that bet I can do. I don't. I don't usually can. I can't do bets, Demond. But I'll, I'll I'll let you know this. I'm going to tell Tyler that, and Tyler because I can't bet. Tyler's going to take that that wager, and you get your two minutes. Uh, Tyler will say yes to that. All right, yeah, and then you can come on on Monday, and you could uh, wax poetically about San Diego State if they do win. <laughs> you know, it's not really much in it for you, but you know, I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell Tyler what, what what he's about to accept. 
There right. you go. I like it. Well, I know the boss, and I'll tell him that you guys are making yeah, these. Exactly. Uh, I'll make it, these guys are making these arrangements on the see, airwaves, so I'll let them know. See, see, the boss knows I can't bet. Exactly. So exactly. I got your back. I got your back on that one. I'll I'll talk to him on your behalf, Ed. I got All you. Right. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> what What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for, my man? Um, just just uh, moved a column of the Review Journal about yesterday's debacle, and you know, again, explaining how. They had an identity last year and, and, you know, searching for one this year. And then the press box tomorrow will go all over uh, NFL, uh, two or three NFL guests, and kind of hit these Raiders more and more. There you go. Well, Ed, thank you so much for your time, my man. It's always great to hear from you. And uh, keep up the great work this week. We'll talk soon. All right. I'll see you soon, buddy. Take care. All right. There he goes. Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. As Vegas just just walked in the building. What up, dog? Uh, And then also, he also does great work on the RJ, the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can check him out on Twitter at Ed Graney. 3.46 is the time. We're here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, our Monday night spot with Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Maddie Hudak from the Saints Wire will join us at 4 o'clock. Just talk to her briefly about what in the hell happened, what changed for the Saints on uh, on Sunday from going from a team that was giving up 29 points a game, terrible in defense, Alvin Kamara wasn't scoring anything, to a complete, a completely just about face, shutting the team out, Kamara scoring three times, no turnovers. They were a team that turned the ball over a ton lead going into that game. And just absolutely nothing. Was that the Saints getting right? Or was that more of the Raiders just completely, just completely no-showing? Now, I feel very confident in saying that the Raiders played like a very large role in that performance. But I kind of want to get Maddie's thoughts on what she saw from the Saints' point of view. So we'll join her coming up at 4 o'clock. But want to hear from you right now, 69187, keyword R&R. Also, the... Uh, the uh, Phone line at 702-365-9200. Got a text from our good friend Tom. Haven't heard from Tom in a minute. AQ and D, a.k.a. Batman. Not sure why people are surprised. They do this every year the last eight years. Atlanta, Jets, Indy, KC, etc. Thought they thought they would lose to the Saints, but not like the Jags. Lost five straight and head coaches. Peterson, who beat New England in Super Bowl, going to be a tough game. Last year was fluky. Thought 7-10 this year, but they might not even get there. Jones is not an 80% snap player anymore. Don't know who thought he would be. Rather they go 3 of 14 and at least get a top 10 pick than forever mediocre like they've been the last five years. Didn't want McDaniels, and you know my feelings on Carr. Be well, Q. That is from Tom. And, I mean, I guess that's the, I guess that's the fine line. You know, I mean, they're sitting there at 2 and 7, and I didn't want to talk about the draft in, you know, October, late October, but I feel like a couple weeks from now, if it, things go wrong, there'll be nothing but the draft conversation. And that's just... Unfortunate. That's just kind of what it is. But, Tom, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. We'll see what happens this week in Jacksonville. I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I don't think it's a game that they should lose, but I didn't think they were going to lose this week. Uh, there's other games I didn't think they were going to lose. So I'm really out of the business of if, they, if I think they're going to win or not. I'm just going to let them go out there and play the game and let the chips fall where they may, and we'll talk about whatever the results happen to be. Let's go out to the phone line and talk to our guy Tim in Texas. What's on your mind, Tim? Hello. How y'all guys doing? We're blessed. How are you? Uh- Okay, first of all, um, the NFL should have scheduled that game tonight instead of yesterday. I know they pissed off at John Gruden and the Raiders, but uh, everybody knows that that game, more than any game, should have been played tonight. Yep. Second of all, the Saints didn't have no real game plan. 
the Raiders, the Raiders just played like doo-doo yesterday, period. Uh, the defense, it seemed like the defense didn't, it didn't, wasn't, didn't even wake up. It wasn't even up in the first half. It seemed like they were still asleep. Now, I know they're on the East Coast and blah, 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 and all that kind of crap. And uh, they probably would have even played better tonight and all that kind of stuff. But that, that, that right there was, yesterday was, was terrible. The, the defense, the defense wasn't, wasn't even awake. The offense, the car played just like car. It didn't have nothing to do with the coaching and nothing else. It had everything to do with the players. Car played just like Derrick Carr plays at least once a year. Uh, and that's just all it is to it. And what I don't understand is how the Ravens can get uh, Roquan Smith for the second or fifth round pick, but we couldn't get him. I'm not understanding that. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And I think that the Raiders probably could have got a second in, or used a second and a fifth to get Roquan Smith. But like I said uh, at the beginning of the show, I don't think that they're in a position to make a trade for a player bringing talent in at this point, giving up draft capital for one guy, right? I mean, think about it. Giving up a second and a fifth in next year's draft for a Roquan Smith and you're sitting there at two and five. Like, I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense. For Baltimore, who feels like they still have an opportunity to go on a nice run, that makes sense, but I just don't think it makes sense for the Raiders. I think that I think that window closed, unfortunately, because we were talking about trades last week, right? I, I was thinking that they might make a move for Jerome Payne. I thought that would be good for the interior part of the defensive line. At this point, I wouldn't want the team to go out there and give up draft capital to bring a guy in for a two and five team. You know, at this point, I'm just saying, hey, roll with what you got, see how it works out, and well, it's always next year. <laughs> and for right? context, Baltimore is first in their division. Right, exactly. So this is that, hey, we're, this, is, this is the playoff push move. Right, no doubt. No doubt about that. One quick text, and we'll take a break. Rob in Oakland hit us up, uh, and I mentioned this text earlier in the show, man. Really good text from Rob. He said, frustrations I feel are, are conflated, and I've tried to organize some. <laughs> I'm trying to read all this. He's got seven different parts. One quality many Raider fans share is pride. A performance like yesterday humiliates the team and the fans. Two, I don't think the team is deep enough to compete consistently throughout a game and a season. Three, I've seen teams quit. I'm not saying that's happening, but that's what it looked like. Four, competitive losses and listless shutouts have very different causes and solutions. Five, who on the team do we look for to for stabilization when the wheels are falling off? Six, I feel like the season has already slipped away. And seven, does the team want to beat other teams down or just get through the game? That's Robin Oakland. Meant to pass that text along earlier today. A lot of really good points there and a lot of questions that I think are fair to ask. I really do. A lot of questions that I think are fair to ask, and somebody's got to be able to answer that. And a lot of people hit me up and said, well, Q, uh, what do you think the answer to this is? And honestly, I couldn't tell you. I could tell you what I think needs to happen, and I think that you know I could tell you what I feel like has gone wrong at points, but... As, at, at, at the end of the day, man, there's those cats in the locker room that's got to figure it out. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's bizarre to me. It really is when I know how much talent these guys have on paper. And I know the expectations going into the season. Especially, and it's hard when a team was in the playoffs a year ago with all the adversity they had to deal with. And you feel like, okay, this year is going to be all about football. That's what we talked about in training camp, right? That's what we talked about during preseason. It's all about football. All Derek Carr has to do is go out and play ball. Doesn't have to worry about adversity. And, well, there you go. Two and five is the way that they start. 3.56 is the time. When we come back at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, we'll talk to Maddie Hudak, the Saints Wire. She's going to join us to talk about what in the world happened with the Saints, how they all of a sudden flipped things upside down and uh, all of a sudden put in that kind of performance. Or was it, like Tim in Texas said, just an all-out 
No Show by the Silver and Black. We'll do that next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation, I'm here. Stay locked in with all your favorite Raider Nation radio shows from anywhere. It doesn't matter where they go. I'm a Raider fan regardless. Listen live anytime on the Raiders app or on lvsportsnetwork.com. This is JT, and I'm proud to partner with the DeCastaverde Law Group on Raider Nation Radio. 